Inaugural episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always is Steve. Hey, everyone. Ward. Hey, how's it going? And our producer and local hobby painting legend, Danny Byers. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> so we're going to start things off because this is our first episode by talking a little bit about ourselves. So, Steve, do you want to get the ball rolling? Sure. Uh, so it's always weird talking about yourself, but uh, in regards to hobbying, I've been playing... Silly games with toy soldiers for the better part of a decade now. Um, actually, well more than a decade. Uh, probably started back in 99, 98, which is terrifying to think about. But I <laughs> uh, got into the hobby, started playing some Blood Angel Space Marines of all things back in second ed. Mm. Rhino Spam? Uh, no, because no, it was the was Rhino third. Spam was third. Oh, that was like five years down right, the road. I started man. with fantasy. I don't know this stuff. So. It's funny, because I've actually got a squad of sanguinary guards sitting on my painting table, which means things come full circle. Ooh, a little, <laughs> little weird. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing for a long time, been doing the tournament thing since about 2001. Uh, pretty serious into that right now, and still playing a ton of 40k, but also playing uh, fantasy. I've got my hands dirty with dystopian and drop zone, and uh, what else is in there? There's some other games. Can't think of them right now. Fantasy. I think I already said you said that, that already. But what, right. okay, uh, what armies do you have for those systems? Oh, for 40k, it's a long list. I've been playing uh, Eldar for a long time, playing Salamander Space Marines, playing Imperial Guard uh, on Fantasy side, playing Tomb Kings and uh, Skaven. You had some uh, Tanith too, right? Nope, just Guard, just Guard, oh, okay. regular Cadians, nothing special there. Um, then what, I'm looking at my painting or my shelf over there. I got Dark Eldar too, uh, and then I'm playing Shaltari for Drop Zone and uh, in Dystopian playing Antarctica. And I think that covers everything that I'm really serious about right now. Okay, cool. What was your favorite tournament experience? Oh man, there's so many. Probably the first one that I ever went to back in Calgary. I think you're probably gonna say the same thing. Uh, Would have been like the 2001 GT. Uh, that was a huge amount of fun and sparked the uh, the serious tournament going side of things uh, i took skaven army down there and placed fifth for painting and was totally hooked uh that was a big one and then more recently i just came back from uh, las vegas open which was awesome because i've never been to an event that size it was kind of a last minute spur of the moment kind of thing and uh actually did really well i came in fifth for uh painting again i guess that's i have i have one painting just as a side note best presentation <laughs> just at smaller events smaller events <laughs> uh but yeah i actually placed placed 40, 41st overall and uh, pretty happy about that because there was 222 players there so that was yeah i'm happy with that cool so, uh ward what about yourself um, I got into the hobby, I think, about the same time, 99, 98, yep. uh, thanks to a bunch of friends and showing me what Epic was, and then <laughs> smashing my face in a game of Warhammer, and I'm like, this game is stupid, like, why do we play this? Uh, but no, I got, I got into it an It grows on you. It does, it does, it grew on me, uh, so now I'm playing multiple, multiple systems right now. Uh, I do have Fantasy, I do have some 40k, um, I've been getting slowly, uh, out of those, like, playing-wise, but I have been, uh, I still have the armies, and I do have uh, now Dystopian Wars, Firestorm Armada, I've got a little bit of drop zone that I need to expand on, so yes, I can actually... Yes, yes, you do. So I can yes. play Steve some games. Yep. Uh, <laughs> X-Wing and Attack Wing. War Machine I do have, yeah, thanks, Tom, you know you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, I didn't want to steal things. your thunder right there. Oh, it's okay, I'm just trying to, like, remember what the heck I have for everything, so... I know, it's actually I tough, think, hey? Yeah, I, I think that's it. And then probably a smattering of specialist games that obviously we can't play anymore because there's no rules. Oh, yeah, I have... What specialist games? What are those? <laughs> yeah, I ain't allowed to. I Battle do have, Gothic? Nope. I have just Goblin done. Team for Blood Bowl... Don't we all? Uh, okay, well, let's not even talk about that because if you want to talk specialist yeah, okay. games, there's a okay. shelf of them. So <laughs> moving away from that, uh, what's your favorite army? 
Um, my favorite army. Um, I really like my Ottomans right now, so I got addicted. Of course you do. And the uh, only man I know that can lose with the most broken army. Hey, it in takes, dystopian wars. I have skills, <laughs> skills that are really underutilized, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really liking the dystopian wars, and uh, thanks to uh, local things going on here, I now have the bug. So. Cool. So and awesome. that. Yeah, there's Speaking a lot more dystopian that, going on right now. What's your favorite tournament memory? I would say Calgary. Uh, that I think that's going to be everyone. I think that's going to be everyone. We all just love Calgary. Right um, yeah, when I went down, it was I forget what year it was, but I I remember that like um, you were the Andy, year after me. I think, I think you it was were the, the year 2002. After. So. I you drank were... at all the events, though, so I can't remember what <laughs> Yeah, we were like, too heavily. young to drink You guys back. were too hey, young. You want to know how you're old? I was 14. <laughs> I was, so was I! I was legal age, okay? Shut up. I wasn't that much older. But So uh, you're, what, three years older than me? So you would have been 2002 no, then. I would have had to have been four. Do you know what the legal age is? No, but I'm thinking you were, because you weren't there the first year, so it would have been, I think, 2002, right? Probably. Which year? Because well, like, I was younger the very there. first. Yeah. Either way, that's already Yeah, that's totally moot. No, so remembers. definitely that, you that love the one. old GTs, is what you're telling me. Big GT, uh, they had everything there, the Forge World store, oh. uh, the gaming rooms. The Bits like, by Weight. Bits oh, by Weight was oh awesome. Oh. oh, my goodness. And Before then, the games uh, were publicly traded. Yeah, and you could go visit. There was the um, Dirty Steve uh, to the photographs White uh, yeah. for the event, too, which was awesome. So, yeah, no, it was just like an all-around good time. And there was stuff to do all day. So that was yeah. awesome. And if I remember correctly, all night. I did yep. do a lot of <laughs> You don't remember, but uh, anyways, yep. Dan, uh, what about you? Well, uh, yeah, same, very similar time frame to everybody else. Got into the hobby. It was probably around 97, 98. Had a friend of mine in school. He, I think, got from a cousin a second edition starter set. And so we played an intro game at the store, thought we knew all the rules, rolled many dice, knew nothing about what was happening. It was second ed, so no one did, so it's okay. <laughs> Occasionally his cat would jump up on the table and smash everything, and we'd get really mad, and yeah, it all kind of uh, took off from there. And So that was the Mark I Revenant Titan, is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are the. that's kind of how it all began, and uh, basically I've been stock painting Space Marines ever since. Yeah, you are literally in an endless loop. There is nothing but Marines on your painting table at all times. War Bears right now, right? Oh, among other things, yeah. It started <laughs> with started with Ultramarines back, you know, they were the poster boys. Yeah, everybody had them. And then Actually, um, third edition with Codex Armageddon went to the Salamanders, which nice. was like very much anyone who worked at Edmonton uh, Games Workshop for that time period had about a 50% chance of having a Salamanders yep. army. Myself yep. included. Oh, I was on the opposite end of that then. I didn't do it. No, you were there for that, because that was the Armageddon side of things. Yeah, we but had... I didn't have Salamanders. Who did you have? What did you have? Come on. Uh, well, we were playing Chaos against you guys. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. the interstore battles. Anyways, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, so what else? Um, I had a Chaos Space Marine army from the same period. It was just started off as one-off projects just to kill time. Ended up being enough to be an army, which is actually how I started painting Fantasy, too, with Dogs of War. It was just stuff to break up painting Ultramarines. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, a couple years later, started with Raven Guard, and that's still the army that I go back and add to all the time. Add new Forge Old unit here and some new veterans there. They're kind of the army that I've never stopped painting. Like they are beyond ten years in and still going. Yep. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah, and more recently, getting into some of the Forge World Horus Heresy stuff as well with the Word Bearers and World Eaters as well. Didn't you also paint or start painting a Dark Angels army? I got like three models in. That doesn't even count. <laughs> okay, what other Space Marine armies have you started painting and not actually worked on? I don't think there's anything that you've oh, ever no, yeah, there was Emperor's Children. Well, there was Pre-Heresy Emperor's Children. They got stuck on the purchase models phase, not even <laughs> to the point of like, I think I half painted, no, I primed the one converted test model. I never even painted it. You're no, you did that one guy where the... The, the one off, oh, the old Games Day model. Yeah. Um, yeah, that guy was more just as like a one, completely one-off model. He was when I'd already given up on doing the <laughs> army as a whole. How about um, your world eaters? I know that you... Yeah, they're going to be the allies for the word bearers. So it's going to be the blue and white uh, world eaters and the gray color scheme uh, word bearers. That's cool. And That's I'm going to be cool. picking up like the, some of the Primarchs and some of the other crazy crap as it all comes so out. So with your Raven Guard and Salamanders, where's your Iron Hands? With the Drop Site Massacre? <laughs> the trifecta of suck. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. Yeah, it's been, a tempting, it's been a very tempting thing for a long time. Something I've always wanted to do for like a 40k <laughs> conversion is to have, um, using the Legion of the Damned rules, have a deep striking in, like teleporting 
boarding marine squad. Yeah, and cool. the Iron Hands have that immortal squad from Forge World with the boarding shields. That's perfect. So yeah, that looks that so could be cool good. at some point. Finish out the trifecta. Awesome. <laughs> so, what is your favorite tournament experience? Uh, definitely start sounding a bit like a broken record, but yeah, the early days of the you know the Calgary Grand Tournaments and uh, later turned into the Calgary Conflicts. But for the longest time, those were the biggest events around. You know, Games Day was always a thousand miles away. At minimum, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. those are those are the big events, country, yeah. and uh, yeah, every year it was something to look forward to. Everybody rallies for it, paints a new army, and just build up lots of excitement, and you know, just go crazy in Calgary yeah. for a weekend. It was a lot of fun. People that weren't at those, I don't think you can really understand how uh, how much the community pulled together and how Seminoles events were for like we still try and recreate those at our events and have continually failed every year yeah they did such <laughs> a good job so I mean maybe we aren't failing maybe it seems like we're looking through rose colored glasses but yeah yeah those were awesome yeah they were pretty great um, so Tom how about yourself we gotta go around the whole table now you're okay, the last one okay fair enough uh, so I guess I got in around the same time as you guys uh, the only difference is that I actually started playing with fantasy Ooh. So my first Ooh. army ever was Wood Elves, and then very shortly oh. I had to wait five years, six, seven years for an army book. <laughs> Surprising. That invalidated everything I owned. <laughs> so in that period, I got into 40k because that's all people play up here, um, and that started yep. with Tyranids. Yep. They were awesome back yeah, when they had the book with all awesome. the bionics and crazy mutations. Bionics. bionics. Sorry. Biomorphs. <laughs> Biomorphs. Because I love 40k. Um, <laughs> I, f I picked up a bunch of Tyranids, too, uh, and of course they were the old ones, and then they got redone like yeah. a year later. Not yeah, <laughs> so then I shortly gave... You had the okay, Zoanthrope with Pancake thing. Head? I shortly yeah. gave up on the Biomorph guys, and I picked up Iron Warriors when that box nice. first came out, who had Bionics. There you go. Yeah, All right, I got it right true. there. Um, and then that was kind of... From there, I kind of went down a really dark path of only working on Orcs. So I did. <laughs> so, so many orcs. That wasn't, wasn't I, a dark path. That was a very green path. Oh my god! So I did orcs for 40k, orcs for fantasy, orcs for epic, orcs for blood bowl. Um, the reason I got into Malifaux is because they have hillbilly green skins. Yeah, um, which I like that you're still painting them sort of green, but they're now turning into more brown because green, I think, for you would probably just bring on, like, PTSD. <laughs> well, so honestly, if I have to look at another pot of snot greening into my life... <laughs> well, and honestly, I also had that Nurgle army for fantasy that was all, oh, like, yeah, snot that's green. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. And a Nurgle army for 40k that was somewhat snot green. And a uh, gothic <laughs> fleet for Nurgle that was green. So, the, <laughs> Jesus, the, man. The longest, the joke for me is that it was, I always paint things green, except for every once in a while I paint things bulk gun metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. You did have uh, that one Golden Demon winning Dreadnought that was bulk gun metal. I think only that's like one the only Golden thing. Demon, come on. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, fine. Right. Bring oh, that just up. Get out of here. Jeez. Uh, anyways, <laughs> well, but there was also the rest of the Iron Warriors army, which was bulk gun metal. Yes. Right. Um, that was painted, honestly, 15 years ago. I don't think that would win a Golden Demon. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> that might even win me, like, a participation badge, and then they send me on my way to go, like, eat my cookie. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. In the uh, corner. Other than that, uh, I really play almost everything these days. Dystopian, Firestorm, Malifaux. I'm huge into War Machine. I've got a large yep. Merc army. Yeah, you convinced really me love. to start Convergence. Um, yeah. And... You know, I'm looking for love, as I'd call it, in all the Kron places, and yeah. like getting back into 40k. And I have I've, brought you back into 40k. Yeah, getting into a Necron army, um, which is pretty fun. And I gotta say, my favorite tournament experience was definitely going down to the GT. Shocking. I, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Although, it was the first time I met Dan, because we went down with another buddy um, who I had just met about a week before going down, uh, Aaron. Truman. And he drove, the, we, he drove us, and we shared a room. And I think Barnaby might have also had the room with us, or... Yeah. I think he was there one of the nights. Or was it Mark Hippie? I don't know. Anyways, we... we drove we, down no, Hippie, not Hippie. Hippie room. came in later. No, right? so many, that event. Okay, there's too many name drops. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> okay. I do not care. Well, using the crap yeah. out of yeah, everybody. Okay. Point so is, anyways. this community basically gets together at these events, and yeah. we're all friends because of it. My favorite it's part weird. about that event was Dan and I actually ended up playing. Our first game ever was at the event. And we had a blast. It was one of the most enjoyable games I think I've ever had in my life. Absolutely. And there was this one outrider that they used to be called oh, that yeah. came over and noticed that. that we were smiling and having a good time. And is like, do you guys know each other? I'm like, yeah, we actually came down together. He's like, you better not give each other good scores. Like, I'm going to look at your scores and talk to you guys. What? And I will reprimand you if you guys are cheating by giving each other good scores. 
And so, of course, I think we gave each other fours or fives. Yeah, it was the like the was. most fun game of 40K I'd ever played at that point in my life. We just had a blast, and the guy what? gave a shit. Who is this guy? I've never <laughs> seen him again. Waste of skin. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never Sorry. saw him before, and I've never seen him since. And it just kind of... Yeah. All right. He just Big J, Big J summed it up nicely within earshot of him. Just waste of skin. That's, um, okay. Yeah, it sounds like Jay. Yeah, yeah, Jay was, I think, like at Jay. all at one point, all of our manager because we all everybody at this table has worked for GW, which is and I don't have the same store. Jay made all it the all the way to the store yeah. for Retail Canada. He was head of Retail yeah. Canada. We every all he at was some a, point everyone at this table's manager. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good guy. So <laughs> now that you kind of have a bit of an idea of who we are, uh, let's move on to. Our first segment, yeah, which our is, inaugural segment. Uh, yeah, it's going to be of hobby break. Hobby what? break. <laughs> if anybody gets that weird Canadian reference, uh, good Tom on you. Joanne McLeod. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who's got the longest hair here, but we've been debating that all night. That one is clearly Joanne McLeod. <laughs> uh, no, I have the longest hair, but I do have the most facial hair, so it falls onto the next longest Dan. hair with the least facial Dan, hair. Dan, you are which Joanne McLeod. Dan. Dan's Joanne McLeod. And anyone that will shave down to a mustache in the next 20 minutes gets to be... <laughs> grab, grab me a razor, I'll do it. <laughs> Hal Johnson. Yeah, okay. Beauty. So Classic. what we're going to talk about in this week's Hobby Break is some of the new technical paints, specifically in regards to weathering metallics. Yeah, so that's the GW technical paints. Yeah, absolutely. About, yeah. So that's going to be the Nilec Oxide, which is really great for doing that kind of verdigree oxidized effect. Yeah. Uh, the Typhus Corrosive, which is kind of like a... A brown, a brown, wow. <laughs> That's not even a color. <laughs> brown, black wash with a bit of grit in it. Yeah, it's like the old texture paints uh, that they used to have in a spray can, of all things, which never worked for anything. But yeah, yeah not even scenery, because the, they released it at the same time and they had those buildings. Oh, it was, and were, it was just the worst. It would destroy <laughs> anything it touched because it was so thick. And the Rise of Rust, which is a dry, technically, so you, you more or less just mash it on there. Yeah, just yeah. kind of dry yeah. brush it, smash it on. So, um, I want to just talk about the, my, so I've used all these paints too, uh, the favorite of them, the one that you have to have is by far Nilec Oxide. It's the one that does, uh, if you're doing brass of any sort, that thing just gives you that perfect patina on it almost every time. You might want to mix it down with a little bit of like, I don't even know the, na- the new colors names, but the uh, equivalent of like Hawk Turquoise. You might want to do a... Sotec green? Something Sotec, like that? Yes. Some yeah. color? Yeah, so you want to ma- probably mix it into a little bit of Sotec, uh, and just to give it a little bit of... Uh, it's a little bright, but it's it's really good. So what I did mm-hmm. when I was working on my Galleon is I actually started with a wash of Scaly Green. Yeah. And that was a pretty heavy one. Yeah. And then a lighter one of Trollhide uh, Base from the P3 range. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is a little bit of a, a more pastel uh, yeah, bright teal. Yeah, uh, gotcha. and it, like a little bit of a lighter wash, and then kind of almost more in the particulars where you want to make things pop a bit is where you use that oxide paint. Yeah, and I that agree. gives you a little bit more of that transition. Exactly, yeah, I'm a big fan of doing the two or three stage glazes as well. One heavy layer, if you screw it up, you're you're hooped. If you're doing a couple of thin ones, you can go back, adjust it a little bit, hit the areas that need the emphasis a little more. Yep, I agree. Really works out quite nicely. Now moving on to okay, so that's by far the one that they hit out of the park. I think that's a good one. The one that I'm going to go on to the one that I like the least, Rise of Rust. Because, not because I think it's actually bad, it's because I've been spoiled by weathering powders. Now, I would, you... I would agree with that. Absolutely. The weathering powders, if you're going rust, uh, just pop it on there. And at yeah. the end of the day, it's just orange paint. Like the other ones, they have like technical effects. They're like kind of the, there's the Nurgle one that's kind of like a water effect. There's the crackling, you know, paint. There's things that have texture to them where that's just. It's, it's just, just a, orange paint. It's just dried out paint. But now, Tom, I do have an argument yeah. for it. And this is only in the larger models. So you're going to look at your Colossals and War Machine, anything. I would argue from like a Dreadnought size up in 40K, larger tanks, if you actually use the Rise of Rust in combination with the Typhus Corrosive. And what you more or less do is you just jam a ton of the Rise of Rust on, in kind of the recessed areas where you just want it to look really, really dirty. Mm-hmm. And at that mm-hmm. point, because it's a thicker paint, uh, it actually has quite a bit of texture, and then you take and you do uh, a relatively heavy wash in the recesses and a little, you know, kind of work it so that you're covering about 60% uh, to 70% of the riser rust with the Typhus Corrosive relatively heavily. Hmm. What ends up happening is it gives you this really caked-on textured look that you can't get with weathering powders, because the weathering powders okay. just don't you have can. the same level of grit. You can, but you're, yeah... 
if you're making not on a large and scale model. You have to Admittedly, do more stuff with the, the weathering pigments. And the weathering pigments, the a lot of time, they end up not being as durable. Like, they might rub off yeah. if you're using it for And they're also going to tone purposes. down as soon as you varnish them, too. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. be as bright. I have to say the Typhus Corrosive is the one I put in the middle out of those three. I think that's one that you would, if you can buy two, buy Typhus Corrosive. Uh, because that texture is something that no other paint gives you. And it is kind of almost, it's really, a, it's a bizarre paint. It's kind of thin almost for the texture in it. Like well, it's, it's almost a wash. A wash. It, it yeah, is, but it's wash. like a wash it with is a wash. crap in it. I don't know. <laughs> for don't lack know. of a better word. No, it totally is. You think it's a wash? Because I felt yeah. it was like almost a little too thick for a wash. But anyways, I can see exactly how that would work with Rise of Rust. But what I would really think would make it even better, Typhus Corrosive over Weathering Powder. Honestly, the only thing I say this Shocking. is just larger models. I can't see models. the funny face he's making, but it's very compelling. <laughs> yeah, I anything, think that's probably way to go. Anything smaller really needs to have the oh, yeah. the weathering powders. Yeah, if you're going like, to try and put corrosive on a 28 mil scale mo uh, model, like an infantry person... Probably just going to do on the details. going to suck. Yeah. And that's the same for the Rise of Rust. Like, yeah. it's, it, honestly, and that's why I'm saying it's just for these Colossals or maybe Dreadnoughts and up, okay. where you can do this technique. Anything smaller and like you may as well throw it against a wall. Fair enough. <laughs> Can't really endorse that approach, by the way. Throw it against a wall. Uh, that's happened. There's been a few models. Mike Sawada, <laughs> one of the guys that might be on the podcast later, he's uh, famous for throwing resin at the wall when it comes to drop zone, if you remember that. Oh, yes. Because yep. they're super durable models. Hey, until they break. Take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, that sales pitch got three people at this table into the game. Uh, yeah, I, he also sold it as, you're basically playing Eldar again. And I was like, I'll, I'll do that. I'm in. Because <laughs> um, Steve's definitely just going to hey play Steve, any Eldar. Hey, Steve, look at these yeah. models. Hey, you can pay me back later if you want. <laughs> Damn it. He is a crack dealer, too. Uh, uh, so moving forward, yeah. let's talk about, uh, it's a little outdated. It's been out for a couple weeks, but it's still really new and fresh in all of our minds. It's also is making it? the biggest waves by far in, the, in any game system. Uh, are the new Imperial Titans. Knights, not knight, technically knight titans. titans. Sorry. Yeah, they're not even a titan. They're just a knight. So imperial they, uh, whatever knights. Whatever you sorry. want to call it. Tom, no play forty k. That's tr fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So the knight, uh, we've two of us here, Dan and myself, have had a chance to put them together. Uh, I've got mine almost done and painted. Uh, it is a, from a from a modeling perspective, unbelievably good kit. I think that's probably one of the uh, home runs of the year, for yeah, sure. absolutely. Very intelligently designed. Um, a lot of the parts, they fit together quite well. There's only, some of the parts, there's only really one way to build them, so you can't really screw it up. Yeah, you can't pose legs. Yeah, the legs are just, you kind of glue them in place, and you are good to go. The arms, you got the kind of working yep. hinges and pistons and all that cool stuff. Yeah, pretty much the only thing this kit doesn't have is a cockpit. Interior detail would have just absolutely smashed And the thing that's crazy about it, too, is I it has a hatch that opens Opens to just like a cavernous, empty. Torso. Yeah, I don't know what they could have had one extra piece. I've seen, I've seen people do like already like. Oh yeah, their own inserts right for it. I yeah. figure Forge World has got to be doing that. As yeah, like oh, a, that could as be like a fifteen twenty dollar add on kit. Like, how hard would it be? Like two or three. And it'd be almost an auto include. Like, you're gonna it. spend one hundred seventy dollars on a on a uh, one hundred seventy dollars Canadian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think anybody's buying the deco sheet, but I would it's for sure out. like at what? Yeah, it's sold out. Gone. It's what? not in the store. Yeah, they sold all okay, of the decals. Yeah, is... but keep in mind, they sell out of everything because they've just stopped making large quantities. Yes, that is true. <laughs> so they'll make 20 and then have it sold out. Everyone's like, oh my god, yeah, they're selling out everything. Yeah, like the void uh, generators. Yeah. It next time it pops up, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, from a, from a modeling perspective, it's amazing. The mm -hmm. painting-wise, I mean, you can do whatever you want. There's so much uh, flat area. There's so much detail. I mean, you want to talk about, you want to make your model look weathered using the uh, technical paints we just talked about? Yeah. This is the place to do it. It's got unbelievable amount of detail on the side near the engines and that kind of thing. So let's cover it in thick textured paint. It is bigger than a dreadnought, <laughs> right? So it's it way bigger than a dreadnought. It, it, work, it, it would works, be in that scale. It works for Tom's uh, <laughs> scaling purposes. Bigger yes. than a dreadnought? Check. Weather. <laughs> let's wow. do this. Uh, yeah, no, I like the model. Um, the biggest thing, though, is nobody's uh, getting super excited about, as excited about the model, I think, as they are about the rules and what it's going to do to 40K. Yeah. Which is something we're going to talk about a little later. Um, so does anybody else got anything on the uh, night itself on in terms of the kit? I think most people that I know have picked up at least two. Um, you also just... know fanatics. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, I'm already at two. Going I've just got three. the one. Mostly built, half-primed. <laughs> Very <laughs> cool base. That took me, like, forever. So you're going to buy your next one ne this week? It'll be next year. To next decade is my guess for Dan. That's yep. kind of his. Paint. It's going to be well in, done unless they have a marine <laughs> in like cockpit. Really. Oh. And then 
Then he'll buy 12. Yeah, 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 I'll have sure. to buy like an entire freaking like battle company of knights <laughs> at that point. Yeah, whatever they call it, the Iron Brotherhood, the five of them, just one click bundle that saves you nothing. That's what <laughs> I love. It saves you the effort of buying up. It saves you four clicks. Priceless edition. I think you do get free shipping though. You get free shipping from one because it's still over $50 or whatever the cost is. That's awesome. But you just send it to the store, and that's free shipping too. So. No, didn't yeah. you get the extra transfer sheet? No, I didn't get no. the extra transfer sheet. At you all. Got nothing. Oh, if you bought five, yeah. you got some art prints. You got five, which I actually think that kind of stuff is pretty cool. But it's five prints oh, of so it's the like a same edition. thing over and over in different colors. I don't know. It's like a collector's edition video game. You're getting yeah. the art book kind of thing. You're not really getting any different in terms of the game, but yeah, you're exactly. Right. How many games? But you get some cool art posters that you can spend another five hundred dollars framing because we all know <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, ten dollar poster, hundred dollar frame. All the Mass Effect lithographs on the wall right here. Awesome. Anyways, okay, so. This kind of leads in, um, I, I joke about not playing 40k, but... You played a game of 40k. We did, and, and it was with the new Imperial Knight. knight. Yeah, you, I played my Salamanders and had one of the knights in the list, and you played Necrons. It was kind of a test game. Uh, normally we're going to do Game of the Week as more of a segment that talks about tactics and what we learned. Uh, there was a lot of things we learned in this game. Like yeah, like I learned how 6th edition plays. That's a big one. And uh, that if you need to proxy <laughs> Necron Flyers... Actual croissants do very well. Perfect, actually. The footprint <laughs> and scale is, and they fit onto a flying stand nicely with the crusty outside. And, and when delicious. you're hungry, yeah, you just if one gets shot down, snack. You're good I to go. I actually was trying to get them killed so I could eat them. Yeah. So we, one of the things we learned is knights have zero anti-air. Uh, we kind of knew that going in. So Eldar flyers, a little bit concerned. Those heavy stubbers will fuck you up. Yeah, an armor 10, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that's one of the things that, uh, if you are thinking about the knight army, your allies that you're going to put in there, likely you want to deal with some anti-air. It's going to be tough to fit anything in. But, anyways, in that game, yeah, I, I had not, no answer to the, to the knight size. Uh, but the biggest thing that was kind of um, interesting about it is the knight's shooting was pretty ineffective, we found. But its combat was monstrous. Yeah, it wasn't even its attack so much. Like, it's whatever it swings at, it's probably going to kill, but the stomps. Yeah, the and stomps. I want to go a little bit into the stomps here, because I feel like it's one of those things where in the majority of the games you play, it's going to be fine. Yeah, because you're on getting a one, it does nothing. Stomps. Yeah, and on one, it does nothing. On a two through five, it does strength six AP four hits. Like, that's right. not scary. But there's going to be that one game... Uh, every once in a while, or maybe never if you're lucky, where you get three hits and they're all strength D and you just annihilate everything. Yeah, the unit and in front I think, of you is gone. Yeah, just squish a demon prince. Oh, iron arm? Nope. Yeah, prick or squish just three carnifexes or whatever. Anything that's remotely near is dead. But it's not going to happen that often. And it's kind of nice to have in the game to deal with things like those two plus re-rollable saves that we all know and love. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think the, the way they've done things with the knight being the only, like, I want to say 40k approved. I guess they're trying to push escalation in. But uh, with the whole stomp thing and strength D and removing models, it might be a nice counter to those Screamer Stars, Ovesa Stars, whatever you want to call Star, Jet Seer. Uh, I think that's going to... Jet Seer Star, whatever it is. <laughs> star Star. Star Star, exactly. I think that's going to be a good counter to that, so I'm uh, glad to see that in there. And in our game where we had... I'd say pretty balanced armies. Like It was a pretty all-take-all-comers, Necron army, take-all-comers, Space Marine army. I got killed by Necron Gauss weapons, and it was about 400 points worth of stuff that I took out before I was gone. Yeah, that's so it was, entirely true. It felt incredibly balanced. Like, it didn't seem at any point like the strength D was overwhelming. There was no D to the face. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, although to, it, it's going to be one of those things where I think if you take an army that's got a, a decent amount of anti-tank, you should be able to take it out. Or if you can maneuver in a way to avoid it, you're probably going to still be okay. Because it yeah. does move 12 inches, but at the same time, it's unless you're playing a, a really large game, it's still, if you can minimize and take that 400 points out of their army, yeah. it's a huge shift. It's a massive And it can shift. still only take one objective. Well, the thing that's interesting about it, so this is another one of the rules conundrums with it, and I shouldn't say conundrums, as, as written, it's cl clear, to, uh, completely clear, but... It can't actually contest objectives. It can hold them, but it never anywhere says it's a denial unit. So it's as of right scoring. now, if you have one dude that's a troop choice, like one model sitting on the objective, and a knight is right beside you, you actually hold that objective, not the knight. 
So long as it doesn't kill you by stomping on your face. But the thing is, for last turn objective grabs, it doesn't counter the uh, Eldar armies that ally or anybody. Exactly. You swoop in last minute. There's no way to really for it to counteract that uh, fifth turn objective grab stuff. And the only the only hope that it has is the game continues and it gets to kill that poor unit that's inevitably going to get (laughs) worked. That poor guardsman. Oh my god! Like it'll it'll kill it for sure, but it's still got that glaring weakness. That's when you roll the one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you it hope. still has its attacks in melee too, doesn't it? Like, well, it does, but yeah. But even so, if you just zip in and you are sitting, because in it's usually beneficial to take bottom turn in six. That it seems to be. It is nice to be a bottom in forty k. It is it power bottom though. You always want to be a power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the yeah, you know, I think if you go if you go last and you've got a uh, mobile scoring, you're probably going to work those knights. Okay, yeah. with most of the missions being objective, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, Ward or Dan, do you have anything to really add in on the knights? I guess just pro tip, be the power bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk that. (laughs) Oh, the other thing I wanted to say, I do have one last thing to add. The other thing, you can slow them down really good because they do not have any wording that makes them move faster through cover. They still roll 3d6, they have move through cover, and pick the highest. So they're only going to ever move six inches at most through cover. So you can slow them down very well. So it's it's an interesting little... uh, piece for anybody that's really worried about knights or anything try and bait them through cover what or a, play 40k with scenery yeah and that's pro tip yes what eventually took it out for uh... uh it got so you had that necron blob squad of doom the 20 uh 20 man uh unit of warriors with the veil tech which hilariously mi- mishapped like i put them <laughs> it worked eight, out well. inch, eight inches away from the the knight and they scattered onto it scattered directly <laughs> onto it and then went back into reserve. Went back into reserve, which worked out well because the knight then shot nothing and like killed like two other warriors. Yeah, and then you deep struck in behind it and ki- I think took out five hall points. What ended up happening is I took out three, or no, I took out two. Yeah, and then when you charged them, yeah, I took that's out right, three with the Overwatch, and I managed to make enough void shield saves or ion shield. Well, saves. actually, I probably did like five or six. But yeah, you did made. a crazy number, and I was like, I'm gonna die on Overwatch to fucking <laughs> Necron Warriors. But I managed to make all my ion shield saves and actually wipe the squad. And then I think it was uh, it was uh, the uh, Ghost Ark. Ghost Ark, that's right. Ghost Ark was pu- that thing is punishing. Like for how many points it is. The number of shots well, you get 130 a, points. Yeah, but you also get the the Necrom warriors inside getting the extra reanimation protocols for anybody that's reembarking onto it, and then being it's open even just within a bubble from that. Yeah, exactly. Time. It's basically putting out 40 shots. It's the same number of shots as that same 20 man squad. Like it was a that uh, that list that you got is going to be brutal tonight. Anybody playing uh, Necrons against Knights is going to have a, a good time if you've got enough Gauss. Finally, a reason not to just take nothing but Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Tesla ain't going to do it at all. Yeah. No. So, yeah, one of the things that uh, that we learned is try not to draw Necrons if you're going to bring an all-night army. Yeah. And that, I think, uh, talking about knights and uh, how they work in a tactics side of thing is going to move to our very Canadian segment, Coach's Corner. Yeah, and this <laughs> week's Coach's Corner is going to be talking about whether or not super heavies, um, be them knights or the more escalation kind of units the what are they lords of war lords of war whether or not should they be used in, in tournaments yeah and this is one of the things that's going to come up the tournament season sort of for 40k is starting to ramp up a little bit here in uh alberta because um, the snow's melting yeah people drive <laughs> people actually can, willing people to can like move around yeah so uh for our own tournament uh which is i know we've been talking about this it's uh the out of the basement uh event we've been really mauling over whether or not we're going to allow escalation uh, because we've kind of realized there's no reason we can't allow knights. Like, the, the knights are a codex. Yep. And if you're a new person walking into a GW, and you look at an army on the shelf, looking through the codices, there's codex knights. There's no reason you can't take them. Yeah, it would be the exact same thing as saying, you know what, space marines are broken, and you cannot play space marines. Which, uh, yeah, they're t- so broken. Grav weapons, man, ridiculous. <laughs> or that new chaos book oh man oh yeah no exactly so I think the, the knights are in uh, but there is an argument to be made they're not technically a lord of war because they're not they're yeah they've <laughs> <laughs> well nowhere in there nowhere does it say they're a lord of war they yeah. are they are an imperial knight they, exactly so the whole escalation thing they're not part of escalation so it becomes an issue of whether or not you want other armies to have access to super heavies and strength D weaponry uh, which kind of brings me to, I played in a tournament over the weekend, um, and it was it allowed escalation. The entire reason I went is because I wanted to see 
what uh, what super heavies would be brought, and uh, it was very interesting. Basically, it came down to if you had range strength D, that would win you most of your games. Uh, now, not to take anything away from the winner, uh, but he brought a Cobra, which has the apocalyptic barrage strength D craziness that ignores void shields and all sorts of shenanigans, uh, and it was vicious. Like, if you want to bring vehicles to that game, you just don't. Just don't even take them out of your case. Because the number of hull points, something like that, will strip off of your parking lot. And you can't miss. The the template is what? <laughs> like 12 inches in diameter? Oh, that's yeah. the big template? It's, it's the, the big the one. Massive one. one. Wait, they have the Apocalypse template in 40k now? Well, in Escalation they do if you bring a Cobra. Because remember, Forge World released a list of allowed uh, super heavies and the Cobra's on there. And it uses the, like, bucket size template. So... So could you bring a cheese wheel? It's almost that size. Probably the size. That yeah. seems fitting. Yeah, Very like cheesy, right? cheese <laughs> wheel. That would be that was a template you should use. Uh, so that leads to all sorts of conversations onto what uh, what should be allowed, um, because I mean it was like it, it was I I have no I'm at a loss of words for it because it was so punishing. Like I don't even know what to say. Uh, so I think we're not going to allow you're, it. You're tearing up a little bit here. I never, I never actually <laughs> had to play it. Face, actually. I actually never had to play against it, so that was nice, but everybody that did was just blown away by it. And I mean, the thing is, it's not that expensive. Like, the, the list that the, Ian was running that won the event had three wave serpents in it as well. So it's not like you're at a loss of other firepower. Hmm. Yeah, it's right. not like the thing costs a thousand points. It's not a, it's not a Revenant. It's not a you know, Reaver Titan. It's a couple hundred points. Like, what, four or five? I think it's six. Oh, six? It's six. Well, still. Yeah, you can still it's... have a substantial army behind that thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can get... What, what point size was the event? The event was uh, 1,500. Okay. Um, I took a Dark Elder army full of witches, and this is one of the things that was really interesting, is the only game I won, because I took an army that was so geared towards dealing with super heavies, the only game I won was against a Revenant Titan. Now, admittedly, uh, Dave was very nice and played... We were both down on the lower tables, because the Revenant was getting it worked, oddly enough. Uh, we, I know everybody's all worried about the Revenant and how overpowered it is, but at 1,500 points where you can't get all the extra toys, wasn't so bad. Now, there was no Farseer backing it up or Sky Shield landing pad or anything crazy like that, but uh, 30 Witches will beat a Revenant Titan if they get into combat. That's not a problem. I lost every other game against what I would consider pretty well-rounded, normal 40k armies. So, it kind of led to a really weird rock, paper, scissors thing, more so than normal, where it was like, if you take a super heavy, you're going to beat a take all comers list. If you take an army that beats super heavies, you'll beat them, but you'll lose the tack lists. So, again, I don't know if that's a good thing for the for the hobby, for people just know that they're going to lose to one type of list. What do you guys think? Is there any game system else that's like that? Well, War Machine kind of has the rock, paper, scissors vibe. With the casters. But there's also the inherent system that's built into the tournaments where you take two lists. Yeah. Which, in a game like War Machine, where you're playing with smaller armies, and like they are introducing the Colossals now, but a Colossal takes up a huge percentage of your army. Yeah. So you don't have to buy that many of them. So the costs are still a little bit less. So doing the two lists kind of makes it about the same and price. And the core rule set army. is also built around the Colossals. They weren't like an addendum. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they came, totally they came out as a separate expansion, but they're, they're, they're not a complete rewrite of the existing rules. Like They don't have their own completely and utterly separate way of playing the game. They're just, they have different Yeah, stats. that's what they're I mean. Yeah. Is there not... Boxes. Exactly, that's fine. They're, they're the like mechanics a race are still knight. the same. The race yeah. knight can be added into 40k because it uses the same core mechanics, yeah, whereas these super heavies don't. Yeah. Right, and so anyways, what I'm saying is uh, they have the two-list format, so if you are finding yourself in a rock-paper-scissors format, like, you're maybe going to be taking you can the mitigate. one lit. You can mitigate. You can really deal with that and try to find the game that's going to be the most enjoyable for you. That makes sense. And, uh, and uh, 40K, that, that's almost impossible. Because you can, can you imagine telling someone, like, you're going to come to our tournament, yeah. but you have to buy two 40K armies. Yeah, and the cost of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, are you kidding me? The other thing about it, too, is with War Machine, you can ca uh, swap out your caster and the, your list changes drastically a lot of times. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you change a chaplain for a librarian, usually not much changes. <laughs> Uh, you might lose more often. <laughs> yeah, he'll, like it's, he'll he'll still be like red pace on the bottom of a night. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't, yeah, and that's the thing is I think there's to have like a sidebar kind of thing for 40k is just impractical. So the force organization chart doesn't allow it. Um, it's it's just too too much to ask of the players, and the game doesn't work that way. So I think what I would say taken from that then is in a larger event 
where you're maybe going to be having that 50-plus players, mm -hmm. it might not be a terrible thing to allow these in because then players are going to kind of seed themselves after game one, and you're probably yeah. going to find a lot of players playing like armies as they go. Yeah, and I think that's Whereas fine. if you're going to be playing in a 20-player tournament and all of a sudden you're just... The numbers aren't there where you're going to get the kind of proper variety. Where it balances out. So one of the things I would say is if you're going to go with uh, Lords of War and you want to go the full escalation route, does points aren't an issue. If you want to take 1,400 points of super heavy and 100 points worth of troops in HQ uh, for a 1,500-point list, I think that's maybe a bit much. But if you are going to play the 2,000-point-plus games where you have double Force Org and you can load up on your heavy support choices if you want to be that guy... Uh, I think that's a little more reasonable. And the other thing, too, that you have to remember is Escalation is built around the Escalation missions, where there are missions specifically for one player with a Lord of War and the other without, and they get huge bonuses to try and deal with that Lord of War. Uh, in a tournament setting where you're going to have very stock missions, that's going to be a problem. Um, what do you think about for mission design for your tournament? Uh, for mission design, well, I'm not allowing Escalation already. Good. So that is out. Stronghold and Escalation are out. Imperial Knights are in. Uh, they Like you guys said, it is a codex. It's like saying that, oh, yeah, you can't use Space Marines. It's not going to apply. So, and again, based on, like, your guys' play and such, should be fine. Shouldn't be a problem. Let's use that sample size one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, There's going to be people that are going to complain because they are going to, like, against Power Armor, if you bring a Space Marine company kind of thing, they're going to work you so bad. But no one brings that anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. So I don't think it's a real I'm gonna issue. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring it back. We're not going to paint the Space Marines. I'll, I'll paint five. They'll be so <laughs> bad. Uh, yeah, but, so. but I do, like, uh, the sign-ups already, like, there are some Imperial Knights already. Oh, yeah, I'm bringing three. Guaranteed. I'm bringing three. <laughs> For primary detachments? Uh, the one guy that mentioned it, uh, he's unsure if it's going to be primary or secondary yet. Oh, dude, well, I'm bringing primary. Because there's probably a big difference right between fighting one knight and, like, three or four. <laughs> yeah, I do expect them, absolutely, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, no, I will be bringing three. I'm so excited because my entire army is three knights and eight other models, which are the Sanguinary Guard, the Nipple Marines, if anybody has looked at them. <laughs> they have... Yeah, because like, when like, I'm looking like at a Batman. model for the first time, oh, they look like I always Batman. look, do they have nipples? Okay, but why does your power armor have an indent for your How big is your nipple? That it can't just be pushed in a little bit. Like, oh black, my god. Maybe the so episode one. Has, uh, <laughs> episode one, and we are talking... That's where plug in stuff. <laughs> we are talking about Space Marine anatomy... Episode one. This, this is a this is a very dangerous hole to go down with. Oh uh, God! Uh, Phrasing uh, unintended. Phrasing totally intended. Entirely intended. <laughs> so for our event, one of the things that we're thinking of doing, and I think might be the way to go, is to limit uh, other armies for twenty five percent of your force org. If you seventeen fifty, you get three hundred and or four hundred and thirty five points, give or take, for your Lord of War, and that should eliminate almost all of the range strength D, give or take a few. And I think that should be okay, and that should still allow other other armies to still get access to their fun. But it toys. keeps things within reason. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to see any uh, revenants, uh, which everybody seems to think is the worst. Um, it's a crazy one for sure. It is. It is crazy. I, I mean, mean, I think, uh, like I said, like I'm not like allowing es escalation. I think any army should be able to take out a knight for sure. Because I mean, like what you used the basics for like Necrons. yeah. yeah okay. but it's a but to be case. fair, Necrons you were base. Hot. Well, no, well, Necrons with Gauss. I mean, it is, it's a special case. It's not like and, a space and the previous no, turn, I rolled sure. average, and he rolled crazy for his saves. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I, but they're Gauss weapons. They're designed to deal with things with armor. Yeah, exactly. So, so verdict on Ward side of things is not quite yet. I'm on the fence. How about yourself? Honestly, I kind of like the uh, the twenty five percent rule because it allows people to bring stuff in and. You know, as a long-time orc player, it means, hey, I could take a Stompa, because that model's amazing. If it's within points. I don't actually know what the new Stompa's cost is, but I think oh, you okay. might be able to. I know you can take a Baneblade, so maybe a Stompa. I, I would hope. Yeah, yeah, me too. I would definitely hope so. So, because well. the model's about the same size as a, as a knight. Yeah, they came out at the same time as the Baneblade. Yes, it's oh, definitely it's bulkier. Yeah. Well, of course. Much more orc. hollow. Height-wise, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think, yeah, it's comparable to like the main like body of it. And I then think the Stompa would be slightly taller. When you put the stacks and such bit, on. But yeah. 
yeah. I don't know. Hopefully it is. I would love to see Stompas in the game because it's such an iconic 40k model. Like it's the green skin. Like I mean, all those old Epic 40k computer games. The thing when you got the Gargans and the Stompas. They're always on the cover. They were awesome, and they're and so they had these cool. massive cannons. Right the between their legs. Quote oh, yeah. unquote belly gun. The belly gun. <laughs> that was clearly not the belly. A little bit south of the equator there, but yeah. that's all right. No, I, I was, I'd, like, I'd love to see those in those. So the, I, you I'd, love to see the belly cannon. I love <laughs> the big belly cannon. Uh, no, but I actually do want to see them in the game. I think that would add a lot of flavor yeah, to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So. And Dan? Yeah, I, I don't mind the idea of having the 25% limit on Lords of War at all. I mean, I have a little bit more experience of late with uh, going over the Horse Heresy list, and that's the way they do it in the Horse yep, Heresy. You have 25%. Exactly. So whether that's your Primarch, your Titan, your um, some of the Imperial Navy Flyers, you have 25%. So you can't really completely throw game balance out the window. A lot of the stuff that would be insane is beyond your limit, so it's not an option. Yeah, you're not going to get Vulcan in a 1,500-point game, a 30K. No. You can get Angron, because he just is kind of just a missile you just point him in a direction and go he doesn't like make your army insane like all the other ones do yeah and he's not completely unkillable like Vulcans but it's game balance thing like it's reasonable like 1500 points playing against that that's okay yeah you can add variety you're sacrificing to get this one big crazy model in your army and it doesn't really destroy the game at all I don't think yeah that sounds reasonable to me so yeah 25% seems legit we're outvoting you Ward maybe in your next event we'll see yeah so it seems like they can be used (laughs) but much like everything else, fun in life within moderation. And at the end of the day, too, <laughs> <laughs> ah, the voice of reason. Yeah. At the end of the day, too, not every single event has to have the same set of rules. Like a lot of oh, people exactly. get caught up on that. There has to be, you know, one set of rules to rule them all, or whatever. If you want to awkwardly throw in a Lord of the Rings quote, that was very awkward. Which, but does anybody play Lord of the Rings anymore? Is that a thing? I, I, to this day, to this day, <laughs> I said that if they allow me to play an all Hobbit force in More of the Ring, I will play. And it's like the one faction that you cannot have more Perfect. than 25% Good. of your army. That means no one's playing that game, so I'm happy. Moving <laughs> anyway, <right> directly <laughs> on with our lives. Uh, well, I guess, really, that wraps up what we had in mind. For Coach's Corner. For that's kind of, uh, yeah. The, so Don Cherry's rant is over with. I think yeah, we're good. absolutely. Keep your stick so, on the ice. <laughs> this moves us on to the last portion of today's episode, which is going to be upcoming events. And the big one is Onslaught. So, Ward, can you take us through? That would be me. Uh, yes, I How am... long have you been running Onslaught? Oh, my God. Seven, eight years now? Holy. So it Which started... one is it? It started... Oh. <laughs> this is important. Do the math. This matters. Oh, man. Were you drinking at the first one? Probably. <laughs> at, least, at least after the events. So hopefully sure. not during. The spreadsheet gets no. a little sloppy halfway yeah, exactly. through. exactly. It's like, how did I get a million points? Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why I had a problem. Probably. So the Probably. event's going for possibly eight years. Eight years. I think it's been eight years because we started at the Legion Hall over by Kingsway. Yeah, that's right. And then we've migrated around to a couple different places. And the last couple years have been at Aldergrove Hall on the West End here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, this year, thanks to you jerks, I have to expand. <laughs> so You are welcome. You, thank you, thank you. But so Onslaught will be expanding into two days in May, so May 10th and 11th. Uh, it will be now seven game systems being played over the two days. So I have Warhammer 40,000. Can I play all seven at the same time? You cannot, unfortunately. So. What if you had clones? Clones, yes, absolutely. Okay. Start the, the machines going there, <laughs> boys. Uh, growing them in the vats. But I do have seven <laughs> In events. the vats? Well, that's how the Dark do That's where... Yeah, I guess. How would you grow clones? <laughs> I don't know. Via Ovens? <laughs> Ovens. Uh, like an right. easy bake clone. So, all right. I, I have okay. no idea how that works. I don't even want to ask questions. Back to Onslaught. You would need seven clones to play in Onslaught since I have seven systems. Well, six Technically, clones. I would need six, yeah, six, clones. six clones. You have the one to start with. What if you just want to relax? Anyway, <laughs> uh, Warhammer 40K, 1,750 points. Cool. I have Warhammer Fantasy, 2,500 points. Cool. Uh, War Machine is going to be 50 points. Uh, two lists. So that's a steamroller format? It'll be a steamroller format for that. So. Awesome. Um, with slight moderations, like painting will be required, of course, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, I will have Dystopian Wars at 850 points. That's a good size. Uh, I size. have, I yeah. Love that size. Yeah, yeah, which we'll talk about later on, next next episode. Uh, Firestorm Armada uh, will be game five. Um, that is going to be 800 points. Um, we do have X-Wing, uh, which will be 125 points, just so to shake Dan. Dan will be playing. Yeah. Dan, Dan should be playing X-Wing. 
Uh, Looking forward to it. And then I will also have Attack Wing there, which will again be 125 points. All games at the event will be four games, or sorry, all tournaments will be four games in length. And the most events that you could sign up for would be three. Uh, One on the Saturday. Barring uh, clones. Barring clones. One on the Saturday. We do have X-Wing going on Saturday night and then Sunday events. So, yeah. So if you wanted to jam your weekend full of uh, full of gaming, you can. Lots of gaming. There will be open tables also on Saturday night since uh, X Wing will be going. So late. if you're if you're not satisfied with four games in a row, you can. If you want a grudge <laughs> fest against somebody else, on. or if you're playing on Sunday and you want a practice. little bit of practice, you can come oh, and play a game. Oh, nice plug. How about we beer talking hammer? about the game? We talking about practice. <laughs> Will you allow beer hammer? N- unfortunately, not. Oh, uh, okay. Beer licensing issue. Beer, yeah, yeah we run into that too. Really, uh, yeah. jacks up certain parking lot beer hammer. Oh, and then with, then we're dealing with the public cops. drinking. That's illegal <laughs> as well. <laughs> Dan does not condone. <laughs> and in no way does Hobby Night in Canada con- condone <laughs> public drunkenness. Yeah, let's <laughs> agree with that somehow. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> But chances are Saturday night there will be uh, several people going to a local venue and checking that all out too. So, but yeah, yeah lots, lots right of now. games. It'll be an awesome weekend. I won't get lots of sleep, but uh, it should be good. You can check out um, the Onslaught Facebook page. Uh, sign up for that. Uh, it's got all the players' pack information, and then the website itself, uh, which is you can sign up for tickets. Oh my god, it's the webs one, so it's crazy. It's onslaught.webs.com or something like that, right? Or is it Onslaught Gaming or Onslaught No, it's edmontononslaught.webs.com. Yes, that would be correct. We'll throw up a link somewhere. Yeah, the show notes a little bit less confusing. Yeah, absolutely. Pretend we're professional and we know what we're doing. Okay, so thank you guys for listening to the first ever episode of Hobby Night in Canada. For those who are listening, if anyone is. If you didn't know, we're in Canada. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> A. Yeah, there was no A's dropped. It might have been. We might not even notice. I don't notice. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. A. All I know is we were spending loonies and toonies at the Peelers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's not even Canada wide. Yeah, I've got friends from Ontario that they're mortified at the notion of throwing <laughs> coins at women. Well, they probably should be. That is that a is little awful. inhumane. That is that is really terrible out here. But I've, anyways, I've never done it. <laughs> Totally straight face. Mm. Yep. Uh, Okay, well, I'm Tom. And I'm Steve. I'm Ward. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Keep playing games, having fun, and for the love of God, paint your models.